I lived a life of a chem sex addict and had all of the drugs and sex you can imagine. And all it led to was the destruction of my life. Real life starts now. This is Real Life Radio Show with On Leg. I felt alone. I felt lost. I felt scared. Real stories. I was so desperate in living such a dark and callous life. Real people. I was thinking there was no purpose for my life. There's no reason for me to be here. Real problems. I told my dad, if you try to take these drugs, I'm going to kill you. One solution, God. Hope is a person, and his name is Jesus. And now your host, On Leg. Hi, this is Evangelist Don Lay. Welcome to the Real Life Radio Show, where we're going to talk to real people who had real problems, but found answers in a real God. Today, we're going to talk to someone who had chem sex addictions, lived a crazy life of drugs, partying, and living a life of things like threesomes and stuff. Listener discretion is advised, as this is intended for mature audiences only. Joshua Berglund is going to share with us some of his enormity of sex life that he had, But his life got into so much trouble that he ended up in jail multiple times and eventually hit a rock bottom in a psych wing in jail with HIV. Joshua, welcome to the show. Hey, my man. How are you? I'm doing good, brother. I'm so glad that you are with us. And I know that your life is an example of how God can turn chaos into meaning and how he can redeem anyone as he redeemed your life, right? Yes, sir. Amen. So tell me, what did it mean for you to be like chem sex addict? Like, you know, was it easy to be in a committed relationship with a girl? Like, how did that whole thing work? Oh my gosh. So for me, it was almost like discovering drugs and becoming the sex addict all happened at one time. Wow. Because all of the nightmares I had previously of the things that happened to me as a child, the first time I did cocaine, the first time I did meth or even ketamine, because it all happened in one weekend. I discovered those nightmares becoming fantasies. That said, I struggled in all relationships that I was in because I had these horrific nightmares. I didn't know what was really going on with me. I didn't understand what was going on with my body. But when I discovered drugs, as crazy as this is to say, I found freedom. Mm -hmm. And as far as having a relationship, look, I had relationships because I only felt safe with women. But after discovering drugs, every one of those relationships, I was cheating on with men. Whoa. Okay. So you'd be in these quote unquote committed relationship with girls, but then you would be having sex with other guys then at the same time, kind of like secretly? Oh yeah, definitely it was secret. Wow, man. And the secrets, you know, my first marriage, I mean, my double life had a double life. My second marriage, you know, she knew about me. And she participated with me in that relationship at first. But then she decided that she loved me too much and she didn't want to share me anymore. And I thought that I could change, but I didn't. And I cheated on her a bunch. And then my third wife, which was another crazy story, but that would happen after giving my life to the Lord. That said, I wasn't supposed to be in that relationship either. So this is something that I battled and struggled with. And the thing about it is, even though I was living this double life and my double life having a double life, I never wanted to keep the secret. I became extremely uncomfortable. I mean, the reason why I got so close to hookers and prostitutes and massage girls and even porn stars was because I felt safe with them. I felt like Mm. they were somebody I could speak to. I desperately wanted to understand who I was, what was going on with me. And I couldn't get those answers in the Bible Belt in Oklahoma. So I got them from hookers. Wow, man, that's crazy. Now, let me ask you a question. You and I, when we were talking before, we talked about a bathhouse. So you mentioned that. Now, 
I don't know what that is, but tell me real quick, what is a bathhouse? And when you're going there, did you feel like you were becoming a sex addict? Did that kind of help that along? So a bathhouse is basically a place, it's like a private club that they have weight rooms where people can work out. They have a swimming pool, they have a sauna, but then they have all of these different sex rooms. Oh my gosh. Some of them have sex swings. Some of them have porn theaters. Literally, it's something different every place that you go. Wow. And there's all kinds of different kinds, but it's basically a place where men can go hook up with other men in a <laughs> private place. Yeah. So basically it's a place where guys are working out, but they're there to basically have sex with each other as well. Yes. I mean, it's not a normal gym. No, it's not a normal gym. It's either you go there to have sex you go to be a voyeur. That's a place where other men express their fetishes. And wow. ironically enough, you see more people that are, you know, quote unquote, straight in there than you do almost gay people. Oh my God. It's a very, very different atmosphere. I know that sounds crazy, you know, the straight men going there, but it's true. In fact, I remember a couple different times, I remember seeing people from the church I went to. And that was a very uncomfortable moment, especially Whoa. considering what they did in the church. Dude. Oh my gosh. Okay. So, you know, before we go down that rabbit hole, I want to ask you a question. <laughs> I understand you got into drugs to enhance the sexual experience. Now, what drugs did you first start with? And why do you think that was the thing that you liked so much? Well, that's not why I did it. When I first heard about these different drugs that were available ahead of going to cheerleading nationals in college, I heard about ecstasy, you know, and it just how it freed your mind and it made you feel euphoric and happy. Mm. And you have to understand, I was freaking miserable and angry and hated the world. And so hearing this, something that would free my mind, mm. that sounded amazing to me. So in my very first, like the first hour of the ecstasy hitting me, I started doing ketamine and I did some meth and I did some cocaine wow. and this went on for the next day. So like my first entrance into really using drugs and party drugs, it turned pretty hypersexed and crazy almost wow. immediately. Wow. So in one drug setting, I tried a bunch of different drugs that I had not really tried before and was off to the races. Okay. And it was just about drugs and sex and mixing that together. That's what you mean, like chem sex addict. That makes sense. Let me ask you a question, brother. Let's go back into your past. How did this desire for same sex attraction happen for you? Like, I understand that you were sexually assaulted by two neighborhood boys when you're only seven. Tell us about that. Well, they were older guys. But what happened a few days before that was the very first time I saw porn. Mm. And I was seven years old at the time. Wow. And so seeing that, I remember to this day what I was drawn to. I remember what I did. And you have to understand that even though I was molested and I was penetrated and forced to perform moral sex against my will, Jeez. I to this day still believe that there's a part of me that attracted that and brought that into my life. Interesting. Because even though I was scared to death to say something about what happened to me because of the threats, yeah. the feeling and the curiosity was already there and it just got worse after that. However, the curiosity was associated with pain. And at the same time, there was an element of pleasure to it too. Right. So that's very, very confusing for a seven-year-old to not know. Right. But I will tell you this afterwards, even though I was, you know, molested by a female babysitter and the inappropriate things that were happening sexually to me didn't stop. Yeah. I got to tell you that my brain at this time was a mix of being scared and curious at the same time. You know, and that's very interesting. And I think that there's people who can identify with that because, you know, sexual trauma, it's confusing, but as human beings, we're made to have sexual desires. So when it gets awakened, especially when you're seven, like it gets awakened too early, 
you know, now there's this problem. And like, what is a seven-year-old to do? You know what I mean? Like, what do you do with these desires? Desires are there. It's awakened. It's like this power that's awakened in you. And I understand that that begins to express itself heavily as you're getting into adulthood. Joshua, let's stop there. I want to have you on our next show because I understand that all this lasciviousness made your marital relationships very difficult. So Joshua, thanks so much for being with us on the show, brother. Thank you, sir. Hang on, it isn't over yet. I have some thoughts to share with you right after the break. Listen, my friend, you are in a spiritual battle and there's a spiritual battle right now for the soul of our nation. The Bible says we overcome the power of the enemy by the blood of the lamb and by the word of our testimonies. And friend, I need your help spreading this show to all 50 states all across the USA. And that takes money to broadcast in each city. You can help by being a stable monthly giver of our ministry, Awakening the Nations. We are a ministry who's committed to preaching the gospel all across the world. Partner by going to awakeningthenations.com and we believe America shall be saved. Real Life Radio is a ministry of Awakening the Nations, a 501c3 nonprofit organization that depends on your donations. If you would like to find out more about Awakening the Nations or make a tax-deductible donation, please visit our website at awakeningthenations.com or call us at 877-480-4477. That's awakeningthenations.com or 877-480-4477. More Real Life starts now. Welcome back to the show, where we're going to go deeper into what you just heard. So what do you think about this? What really stood out to me is Joshua's experience of being, unfortunately, raped by the two neighborhood boys. It seems this traumatic experience really caused more issues to be birthed into Joshua's life. Almost like in this instance, his desire was unlocked and unleashed for same-sex attraction, but by force. For young Joshua, what really stuck out to me is the fact that his desires as a young man were thwarted and perverted since he was younger. You see, we all have desires. We all have a capacity to long for something or someone. Now, is all desire bad? I don't believe so. I think God is the one who gave us the capacity to have desire inside of us. However, not all desires are good. You see, this desire or this capacity for it is a powerful thing that lives in each one of us. And if we aren't careful, our desires can be thwarted or even lock upon something, almost like a target, but if they lock upon the wrong thing, it's not good. This has been an ancient problem, and it came during the time of the fall of man in the beginning of time. It's written in Genesis 3, 4 through 6. Then the serpent said to the woman, You will not surely die, for God knows that in the day that you eat of it, your eyes will be opened, and you will be like God, knowing good and evil. So when the woman saw that the tree was good for food, that it was pleasant to the eyes and a tree desirable to make one wise. She took of its fruit and ate. She also gave to her husband with her and he ate. You see, Satan in the Bible is called the tempter. And what is he trying to tempt her to do in this case? He's trying to tempt her and awaken her desire for the forbidden. And does he do that for us today? Yes. He is trying to tempt and touch one portion of our soul it's our desires. If he can touch that portion in our soul, he can twist it, he can activate it so that it locks onto the wrong things. And when we're using that desire to try to bring more fulfillment into our lives, our lives can become reckless. This same tempter who came to Eve many years ago is also the same one who comes to you and me today. 
He's the one who tries to twist your desires. Your desires may start out good, but life has a way of twisting those desires, doesn't it? And turning them into something they were never intended to be. As I'm listening to Joshua's story, this is a prime example of a person's desire getting locked onto something that was never intended for him. And those actions, they never caused fulfillment for him. It led him into a chaotic cycle of trying to fill a hole in his heart that keeps getting bigger and bigger the more he tried to fill it. What about you? Where are you at with your desires? Have your desires locked onto the wrong things? Have your desires been awakened unnaturally? If so, I want to pray for you. Father God, I'm praying for the person. And I think all of us can really relate to this, Lord, because I think we've all had desires that have zeroed into the wrong types of things that have caused us harm and have caused us to sin. Lord Jesus, we just give our desires to you. And we ask you, Lord Jesus, to come into our hearts and come into our lives in order to refine and reshape those desires so that they can work towards the right things. We ask for this in Jesus' name, Lord. We repent of our sins and we now focus on you in Jesus' mighty name. I hope you're blessed by this testimony and I know that your life was touched. Did you know we have a Facebook page? Just search for Real Life Radio Show on Facebook and find out more about Real Life Radio guests, schedules, and events. That's Real Life Radio Show. See you next time.